Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural foods chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey, guys. This is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening. Hey, so I'm really excited. This is Amy here and I'm super excited because today Emily and I are together just coming to chit chat with you. As you may have noticed, we have two different types of podcasts that we've been doing lately. So the first is the one that we started out really focusing on, which is interviews with real parents about how they feed their families well. And I've been so thrilled to have so many amazing and different guests on talking about how they manage the challenges of feeding their family well amidst everything else that comes with having a family. And I've been just so inspired by that. So I want to start off by saying that. But Emily and I have also been feeling this pull to come on and talk to each other and you a little bit more personally about things that we are either experienced in or possibly that we need some help in and probably some combination of those two things. And today's podcast is a perfect example of that because we're talking about traveling healthy with your family. So I feel like this could be two separate podcasts, like traveling with your family, with your sanity intact, and eating well while traveling, period. But we're going to combine it into one because we're ambitious like that, and we're moms, and we're busy, and we don't have lots of time. And I'm really excited to talk to Emily, get some of your thoughts around how you balance your family's special dietary needs while you're traveling. And I've also been traveling a was going to say a bad word, a lot (laughs) with my kids in tow. So I have a lot of thoughts on how to do this okay and also how not to do it based on my own experience. (laughs) Yeah. And knowing a little bit about the type of travel you've been doing, um, I think we have different travel styles. So that will help give, you know, a little bit more variety to this podcast. And I'm also, yeah, I'm looking forward to this discussion because I'm hoping that you'll give me some good ideas And as these kids get older and as we get busier, I just think, I keep thinking to myself, grace, grace, give yourself grace. You're doing okay, you know? Um, So If if everyone wants to stop listening now, that was going to be my takeaway from today. Oh, no. Just like when traveling with kids, giving yourself grace and letting up on expectations and requirements and all of those things is like the biggest key. So seriously, if you have to go do something like now, you know what we're going to say, but <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's fantastic. It, it validates that we are both in the same place around this, that like traveling with kids could drive you crazy if you let it and trying to adhere to strict expectations and standards can drive you in even crazier. And so a huge part of having experiences that are different than like sitting in your house and going to school and doing the things you do all the time is letting go a little bit. Yeah, agree. 
And I've been doing a lot of that lately, but um, <laughs> I want to hear from you first, if you don't mind, unless you have a thought. Well, you said, you said something about like, we have different styles of travel. So I was wondering if we could start off there and I can talk a little bit about the travel that I've been doing lately in abundance. And then maybe you can talk a little bit about what travel looks like with your larger than my family. Yes, absolutely. So the travel that you are alluding to is that I have been going at least once a month down to LA. I don't want to like keep telling people this depressing news, but my dad is battling cancer. It's a really, really tough time for our family. I live in Seattle and they live in LA. And something that I have felt called to do, and my husband has been really fantastically amazing about supporting, is being there as much as I can while still maintaining our life here in Seattle. And that's not easy. And it has looked really messy and hard and crazy. And it's also like really wonderful and special and all of those things. So what our travel has looked like as a result is like a lot of really weird things. It's always getting on an airplane. Sometimes I have just the one-year-old with me because he flies for free and I'm still nursing him. Sometimes I have two of them, which hasn't been as much lately because now that the one-year-old is walking, travel is just like makes me want to pull my eyelashes out sitting on a plane with him for even two and a half hours. Like for real, if, if pulling my eyelashes out would help, I would do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you at all. I haven't gotten a flight with a kid that age ever. (laughs) It's really, so maybe this is my first tip. If you have a little baby right now, like under six months old, travel as much as you can possibly afford to and not go crazy doing because this is the age to travel with them. They like fall asleep in the carrier, which is what Connor used to do. Um, you know, they'll sit in your lap. They're just sort of like happy to be. They'll nurse. They'll do all of those things. And then they start moving and it's just like all bets are off until they'll sit in front of a tablet, which is what my three and three quarters year, year old, as he says, will do. Um, so sometimes it's with both of them. Just recently, I finally traveled with my husband again and both kids, and he got to see the absolute craziness that is traveling with our one-year-old. And so it's looked a lot of different ways, and um, food has sort of played into it because it's happening so often. So it's important to me to not let us go like in completely off the rails, but it's also been a really secondary thought to just making it happen at all. That's the truth. Yeah. So give me some ideas of things that you either bring on the plane or ways that you handle the things that matter most to you. Yeah. The things that matter most to me. So we have the benefit of like when we're flying, we're going somewhere that has a kitchen into someone's house. And my mom has been amazing amidst everything else that she's doing at like making sure that there's healthy food stocked there. So I feel like that's a real benefit. Um, In terms of like when we're actually traveling, I would say that I just keep it really easy. Like I used to bring fresh fruit and those kinds of things on the plane. And now it's like a couple of bars that I'm not too objection that are not too objectionable. So like I'll, I'll bring kids RX bars or Lara bars. I bring some bars for my husband and I for traveling together because like more than a couple of times we've been running through the airport without time to grab food for us also. And he eating healthy as a parent and not letting your blood sugar drop when you're in a stressful situation is like equally, if not more important than feeding your kids healthy while traveling. Um, I love that point because how easy is it to forget to eat? And then you're like, I'll just have a cup of coffee. And then you're just, your nerves are shot and you're exhausted and you're wondering why you have no patience for your kids. 
You just brought up a super important point though. This is this is my number one tip for food related things while traveling with kids. Bring a sealable to go coffee mug because so many times I have like the stroller and the car seat and a bag and a carry-on. And this is if I just have my one-year-old, forget like an extra bag if I have the older kid or whatnot. Um, and the lifesaver for me, because I can't buy a cup of coffee with like a regular lid and carry it on. It's just like one more thing that I can handle. But airplane coffee is absolutely terrible. I'm like a halfway coffee snob. Like I, I, I'm i not super into it, but I know when coffee's bad and airplane coffee's bad. So <laughs> just the simple act of having a to-go cup that like I have a, um, what's that brand? I'm going to look it up. Oh, Hydro Flask is what I have. It's a Hydro Flask coffee mug with like the lid that seals down. And I can literally get it with coffee in it from like Starbucks or pizza, whatever, whatever's in the airport, see, make sure it's totally sealed and throw it in my bag and bring it on that way. And then it is like my sanity saver. It feels like I took care of myself when I'm on the plane and can drink an actual decent cup of coffee instead of whatever is available. I'm really glad you told me that because I don't know if I'll be flying anytime soon, but if I were to go fly, I wouldn't have thought of this. I wouldn't have thought ahead of that. And part of that is because I didn't drink coffee until I had the third kid. Mm. And now I like need it. So <laughs> now I know this wonderful tip. And you know what else is good about it? Not to harp on this point, because I think we were talking about eat, your kids eating healthy, but this is important. <laughs> um, is you can also fill it with water, which I often don't drink enough of when I'm traveling. And is another tip that I have is just like making sure everybody stays hydrated is super important. For my four-year-old, that means letting him get orange juice, which we don't often drink at home because it's something he'll like guzzle down. And I feel like otherwise he's apt to get dehydrated between the like running to the airport, getting on the airplane, all of those things. So it's sort of like, again, a whatever works situation. And then the other thing that I make sure that I always have in my bag is like some easy treat that's going to take a while to eat, like a big thing of we don't buy the Cheerios, but we buy like the Whole Foods brand of Cheerios. Um, we really like the Barbara's O's too. I think they're fruit juice sweetened instead of sugar sweetened, but they're kind of hard to find. If you see them, they're definitely worth getting. So those can take a while and like you can just put them in the snack containers and kids can like grab at them forever. And so it's kind of like a keep them busy thing too. And then I have never had a problem bringing squeeze packs through either. So I try not to rely too heavily on squeeze packs in life because I want my kids to like eat food in its actual real form. But when I'm traveling, I'll bring like two squeeze packs each because if you're in a pinch, it's just like such a huge help to have something that's actually balanced its fruits and its veggies on hand that you can put in front of them if they really are like crashing and need something to eat. Absolutely. Yeah. I, those are two really good tips. We live by bars for sure, but um, I don't fly much. We're more of a road trip family. So these are good tips for me because someday I may fly with one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I hope with only one. Okay. Tell me about what traveling looks like for you. Cause we are not a road trip family. I hate driving. I cannot wait until electric cars are a thing or electric cars. They are a thing. Self-driving cars are a thing because I would be thrilled to never, ever drive again in my life. And since moving and having so much other travel, we just like don't have time to 
take road trips. So I want to hear about what it looks like for your family. Okay. So we used to do a lot more traveling by car before the third. Um, And most of our travel is not more than five hours, you know, like, um, so that's why it's like, well, we can't fly there. You have to drive. And in most cases it's to my in-laws in Connecticut, which is like three hours or to Maine or New Hampshire, somewhere in New England. That's a long drive with three kids though. Yeah. We found that it's like an hour and a half to two hours is like feasible. And when the kids hit that two hour mark, it's all bets are off. Like you're doing anything to just get there. Um, so there's a lot going on in our car because one of the things you said about the hydration is so interesting because you also don't want to stop to pee every five seconds. <laughs> so a lot of times we will not drink during our three hour drive because we're like, no, we don't have time to stop. If we stop, the baby wakes, it's over. Like our rhythm is off. So everything's all about rhythm for us. Like everyone needs to be tired. Everyone needs to have their snacks and their activities and they have their little car seat with their stuff. And like we eat, we eat a lot of um, RX bars and Epic bars. Um, fruit. I usually try to get, I usually, you know what I do is like before the trip, I fill them up on healthy stuff. Like I'm like, eat the veggies, eat the fruit. So we don't even have to bring it. And then we pack a huge cooler to wherever we're going. And if we're not going to a place like my in-laws, we're usually going to an Airbnb where it's a kitchen again that we're renting and I'll have to scout out like what's in our fridge, make a list of stuff we have to buy when we get there. And what else? Um, I just always make sure that we're basically going to make our own food and there might be one place on the way we could stop. If we're not going to eat there, we'll just use the bathroom and we know there might be like a snack or a drink or a coffee or, you know, like a Starbucks or something it's like a halfway point. We, a lot of times we stop at um, Cabela's. Do you know what Cabela's is? It's like um, an outdoor like hunting. Oh fishing. yeah. I was like, I don't think we have that out here, but I definitely know what. Like we'll Cabela's stop at a place like that where it's like the kids get to see pretend like taxidermy, <laughs> you know, something <laughs> interesting to kids, but it's like free because you're just going there to go to the bathroom and you might buy some beef jerky and the kids think it's like a museum because there's like a few fish and some animals. And it's not like you know, it just feels novel to them, but it's really just a store. <laughs> it's interesting. Do you feel like because you guys have maybe some more like special dietary restrictions that you try to avoid more like restaurant type places? Because I feel like for us, restaurants is a big stopping point in our travel. And I'm wondering if that looks different for you as a result of the way that you guys eat. Yeah. I mean, almost never do we stop at a restaurant. And when we do, the kids are like shocked. Mm. Like they think we're at Disney right now at this stage. They're really young. You know what I mean? But I mean, what we do often do, which is something that one of our previous guests was talking about was if we do need to eat out, we'll go to like a Thai place or like an ethnic place where it's just generally easier to find. Oh, Oh. (laughs) so Emily's daughter's in the background. If you guys are hearing, (laughs) not like an editing mistake, it's just real life, which is. Fine, the real baby life. wants to hit mute a million times, but <laughs> so we'll try like a tight, like the, if we're, but also we're on a tight budget. So I'm like, no, we're going to buy our groceries and we're going to prepack our next five meals. And, and, um, and that's what we do. And we don't travel as much because we found that even after all of it, we spend more money than we should. Cause some food goes to waste. Some food goes to waste. Yes. And, um, some food like, 
like we bring our own cooler when we go to my in-laws and I feel bad because we pretty much are like, can we just put everything in your fridge and take over mm. your whole fridge? Because there's a five of us that we're feeding for several days usually. And I'm like, I need like another fridge at your house. And um, <laughs> do, can I ask you a question about that? Like, are your in-laws, do they eat the way that you guys eat? So for folks who haven't heard episode one, Emily dives into a lot about her family eat, how... I'm sorry, how her family eats and some of the reasons behind it, if you're interested in kind of understanding what what the heck we're talking about here. But I'd be curious, like going off on a tangent, what is their receptiveness like to what might be a different way of eating for them? Their receptiveness is um, really receptive considering. I mean, my mother-in-law is also gluten-free for her own reasons, which actually is a huge step, right? Yeah. Um, they, they do still keep some stuff in the house, which that's their prerogative, but the kids get into it and they'll be like, I want this goldfish or these pretzels. And I have to kind of confiscate all these things and be like, can you hide that? Can you hide the M&Ms? And so I'm kind of a pain in the butt. Um, because kid, you know, kids get radar for stuff and they're like, Ooh, the thing I'm not allowed to have sitting right there. <laughs> By so, the way, you know, I do the same thing. Yeah, right. So... <laughs> There's that element, but in general, all things considered, it's easy for me to pretty much land there. It's just hard because I feel like I show up with all this food. As A lot of times I feel like I show up with all this food as if I'm like, yours isn't good enough for me. But it's more like the volume of food we're going to ingest is going to cost you $500 while we're here. So why would I make you buy all the food to get here, you know? Yeah. Um, so... That's okay. cool. I, I'm glad to hear that yeah. they're receptive about it. My, I was gluten-free for a long time. I don't think I've talked about that on this podcast yet, but we can do it someday. And um, my mother-in-law and my family have just been like so amazing about supporting all the different things that we've done. But I know that there are probably some folks listening who don't have the same situation. And so I was just kind of curious to dig in. I love how you were like honing in though on the difference between perception and reality that you worry that they perceive it as their food isn't good enough. And reality is like, you're trying to be helpful to them because you guys are expensive and eat a lot and eat a certain way that maybe isn't in line with the things they would normally budget for or buy. And by the way, you're five extra people. Um, Yeah. It was different when it was like us and a baby. Yeah. They would often feed us for the weekend and that was amazing. But now I just feel like the other day I was at a doctor's appointment or something. Now I don't know where I was, but I want to tell you this story because it was pretty funny. And the guy had a phone call. It was like a guy we see for therapy for Matt, for my daughter. And, and we're behind them and we're like playing with all his toys. And I hear the guy go, I, I got to let you go because I have a lot going on behind me. So I look up and I look around and I'm like, I'm the only one here <laughs> with, with my kids, right? So all I could think was, when did I become a lot going on for someone? Like, <laughs> and that was a really eye-opening moment for me because there have been times where I purposely don't show up to a birthday party or someone's house when I know that it's going to really disrupt the harmony or take away from so-and-so's birthday because the three little kids come in with this energy and we come in with this whole like set of needs that we're not like this helpful guru. We're like, we just took over your house. Sorry. And so it's a whole new way I approach. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole new way I approach 
my life with my children is do I do I need to be that person who shows up here? So yeah, I <laughs> I love that. I'm not nearly cool enough to use the term extra, but I was watching The Voice the other night and Kelly Clarkson, who's so funny as a judge, was talking about it. She's like, yeah, I'm extra. And it just kind of reminds me of whatever the heck that means. I don't actually know. You guys can totally judge me based on that. But like coming in with all those kids is kind of extra. And frankly, like tying this back to our travel discussion, that's how I feel traveling with my kids is like several times recently, I've been in the middle seat holding a one-year-old who is obsessed with connecting with people, which is, I think the cutest thing, but I'm his mom. So I have to think so. Um, and he's like touching the people next to us and like climbing over seats. And it's, it's like physically exhausting for me to hold on to him and keep him from even like kicking the person next to us while he's nursing. And I just think like the same thing, like we are rolling up and people are rolling their eyes because here I come with like a little kid who's going to be a little kid on a flight. And for me, that's like a real source of stress in traveling that I have to manage has nothing to do with food, but I have to do some real like mindset work with myself ahead of time, which is like, we deserve to be on this flight just as much as anyone else. I'm going to do my very best to make this an okay experience for first and foremost, my kid. And second of all, everyone around us. And third of all, me, usually like way, way third of all. And, um, and all of my work centers around that. And if people are going to judge us and like be bummed that they're sitting next to us, even with my like extreme amount of work that I put in, then that's on them, not on me. Yeah. That's a really hard thing to um, wrap your head around because it's a lot of that. Sorry, 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 sorry. I exist. Mm -hmm. And um, you do have a full right to exist and some people are not going to like it. And some people are going to be those amazing people who help you who I'm just like, yes, you understand the way the world works. Yes. Sometimes you just meet someone who's like, let me carry that carriage up the stairs for you. Or let me, distract your kid with this watch I'm wearing. And you're like, yes, thank you for being a decent human being and understanding that I'm doing everything in my power not to annoy the whole world. Here's, oh, yeah. here's my other tip for travel. Tip one, bring a sealable travel mug so that you can get coffee or water or whatever for yourself. Tip two, don't be afraid to use technology with kids who are like at the age that they can use it because it has saved my sanity more times than I can count to like put the four-year-old in front of a show and let him watch however long he wants that we're on the airplane. And that's just like a cost of doing business in traveling with kids. In my opinion, there are probably people who can do it better than I can and who can avoid using that. But for me, not so much. I, my MO is that I'm like, we're not going to do that. We're going to interact with people and we're going to learn to be this way. And then you catch me an hour later. I'm like, just give me the damn phone. (laughs) Just put it on. Just watch it. I can't do this anymore. It's funny because it's like, for me, it varies based on different places. Like at restaurants, we absolutely do not use electronics. Like I have drawn a hard line there because I think I feel really passionately that I want my kids to know how to like sit in a restaurant and eat in a way that like is realistic for them. Right. Um, on an airplane, I don't really care if you know how to like sit politely on an airplane. Everyone else is doing the same thing. So like, who cares if my four-year-old doesn't know how to like sit and meditate while he's on a two and a half hour flight. <laughs> like Everybody exactly. else is reading and watching their tablets. So he should. I know it's, it's totally natural for people to move around. Even like adults are like getting antsy and they're doing everything they can to not move. I mean, who can sit for sure. that long? 
For so sure. anyway. So, so I want to bring this back to food because I have a really funny traveling with food story. And I know for it. that's like kind of the premise of this show, but sorry, guys, this is also about real life. So <laughs> that's kind of what we're delving into more than anything today. Um, so I was traveling with Gavin before Connor was born. So Gavin's my four-year-old. I often just call them by their ages, but they have names. And I was traveling with him and we like sat down in this restaurant and I sometimes try to manage what he orders in restaurants to make it a little bit healthier, but sometimes I will let him just decide outright, especially in places like travel because the choices are so limited and the kids' menus leave a lot to be desired. But if you order from the adult menu, especially at an airport, you are apt to spend like $18 on some chicken and broccoli. And I just like can't bring myself to spend that on a kid who like doesn't even eat all that much. So kids menu it is. So the kids menu, we're sitting in this airport restaurant and the kids menu is like, he got pasta with butter that I think came with bread on the side and a cookie and milk, right? So it's like literally pasta, butter, cookie, milk. So it's like all white carbs and dairy products. Fine. Like this is what he's eating today. This is what he's selected. So for some unexplainable reason, the cookie comes on the plate with the food. Like next to the pasta is this cookie. And I'm going like, oh my goodness. I know we've talked a little bit about like serving dessert with the food, but come on, the food on this plate isn't even healthy. And so I find myself like starting to try and manage this. Like how am I going to get the cookie off of this plate so that he doesn't just eat that because he doesn't have a big appetite. And if he eats the cookie, he definitely won't eat anything else. So I managed through some like mom ninja skills I didn't know I had to like remove the cookie before he sees it and put it to the side so that he'll at least eat like a few bites of pasta. And this waitress comes up and she's like, oh, I see that you ate all your cookie already. And I was like, oh my goodness, lady, I'm trying to hide this cookie from my three-year-old and here you are like drawing attention to it. And so I'm having this whole like crisis of like, please, can you just give me a break? I'm trying to do the right thing here as a parent. And here's like maybe the funniest part is I look at what he's eating. It's right. Remember like white pasta with butter and a glass of milk, which like, okay, at least it's a glass of milk and a cookie. And I was like, why am I fighting this? Like, is that pasta with butter not like almost just as much made of the same ingredients as the cookie is. Like there's a little sugar added, but there's not a iota of nutrition in any of this food he's eating. And it tied into two things. One, you have to bring along something healthy, even if it's a squeeze pack, because healthy choices are few and far between, especially if you're flying into or out of airports that are not say like San Francisco, which I think is really fantastic in their options. But two, I was just like, I'm just not going to care here. Like, I'm just going to give myself that grace because like, frankly, that cookie and that pasta are not so far apart. And this is not a battle I need to fight because there's no winning in it. Like, I haven't won something because he ate a vegetable. Like, there's literally no winning. I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
if you guys wonder why it's mostly me talking, it's because Emily's daughter, I'm just going to tell people because I feel like they're going to appreciate okay. this. Everyone can Apparently, identify yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I assume you're a parent if you're here. If not, thank you so much for diving into our world that has nothing to do with you probably and you think we're just extra. Um, but Emily's daughter literally says mom every time she turns her microphone off mute and I, I imagine she's not saying it other times, right? It's like she magically knows. What oh, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, whatever. It's fine. It is what it is. Um, yeah. I agree. You need to bring, like, I don't know. I really like those little layer bars, stuff like that. It makes you feel a little bit like they'll be fuller with something slightly healthier so that I can just say, oh, look, all they have is cookies. Guess what? That's what? That's the only thing I didn't fill, like, in your meal, like, a lot of times I'll be like, I know we're going to eat out tonight or I know we're going to eat pizza. So all day you're pretty much eating healthy. And I'll like tell them like, we're going to, you know, that'll be your intentional indulgence as we say to you. Like if you want to eat pizza, you're not having toast for breakfast. You're having eggs and protein and veggies so that you can really enjoy that pizza. Yeah. Um, You know, totally. And I think that goes for all of us, right? Like it's actually one of the reasons that I feel like sometimes on this podcast, I give the impression that we don't actually eat healthy in my house. And like that is kind of the furthest thing from the truth. But I feel like I also want to be really honest that like we eat healthy a lot, almost all the time at home because we love to do lots of other things. And then I get to like let go of my need for my kids to eat vegetables when we go out for donuts one morning because I feel like they have a solid base of nutrition the rest of the time. And that's actually kind of how I support, how I approach travel with my kids as well is like, one, I take faith in the fact that they have built like a healthy base of nutrition and healthy habits over time because we practice it every meal of every darn day, right? So that's the first thing. So even if for four days they are off the rails, it's not going to be like the end all and be all of either their good habits or their good nutrition. The second thing is exactly what you said, which is like, I try to find balance within the day. So like if we are going to have an adventure in our travels and go have donuts, then for lunch, we're not also going to have like sub sandwiches with cheese, which is what my kids would probably eat, right? Like that means for lunch, we're going to stay in and we're going to have some blueberries and we're going to maybe have some string cheese and we might have some like turkey rolls or something, right? And hopefully like some carrots on the side. So like just finding that balance within the day makes a big difference. And then I would say the third thing is that when something isn't like unintentional indulgence, but say like we're going out and trying a restaurant, which is something my husband and I love to do. I've talked about this before, but it's a huge part of when we're not traveling to see family. It's a huge part of what we do. In fact, like almost all of our activities while traveling are based around where we're going to eat while we're traveling. So I would say we're like the opposite from you guys in a little bit in that way is like our travel is solely to eat out as much as possible, which is like really silly. But we go places that are like centered around food experience because that's something that is important to us and something we really identify with. So when we're doing that, I also try to find balance in the things that, especially for my kids that we select. So that might look like not just ordering something straight off the kid menu and being like, sure, pasta with butter and a cookie and milk is fine. 
because that's not even delicious. It's just like utilitarian and it's not healthy. So like, could I order a side of cherry tomatoes if it seems like that's something they have in that restaurant? Or could I ask them to put some broccoli into the pasta? Or could I pick a restaurant that is going to have better kids' food choices because they have better choices overall. And so those are all ways that I sort of take the unknowns and the difficulty of eating out more often, which is something that often happens while we're traveling, and make it a little bit less all-out indulgence and sometimes not even the good kind, like the tasty kind. Yeah. And I also find that, you know, if you're going to travel, sometimes you're traveling for vacation and I don't one, want to set that precedence that, like, we're going to do these crazy meals that we don't normally eat. But two, like, have you ever been on vacation as a kid? I remember feeling sick on vacation. And it's like, I don't want that association either for my kids. I want them to just learn. Like, they should be part of the process. And a lot of times, if we have this opportunity to go out to eat, we will both, like, Matt and I will order something we know one kid will share with us or just order extra of what we're going to already eat or even just order something we know they'll like and we'll just eat whatever's left. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, do you, sure. remember, do you remember the days where you'd be like, I don't feel like eating this tonight. And I'm like, oh no, no, like that doesn't exist anymore. There's no like craving something and you go get it for us anymore. I mean, rarely. It's more like, oh, tonight we're having chicken in this and I hope you're hungry because that's all there is. Yeah, totally. I, the other night when we were traveling, so this is a good relevant story is we went to a burger place and I got the kids like chicken nuggets or whatever and french fries, but I wanted to get a salad. Like I legitimately wanted to get a salad. And so I was ordering a salad and I realized the one that I wanted didn't have anything that the kids would eat. But if I got this other one, which was like a Cobb salad that also sounded delicious, but had things like cherry tomatoes and eggs that I know my kids will eat, that I could like share some of that with them and get them some better nutrition as a result. And it totally impacted my decision of what I was going to order because it was like, oh good, something for the kids too. And you're right, like it didn't matter that I really wanted the other one more. I just was getting whatever was going to serve the most people at the same time. Exactly. Like I, we go to Be Good and my kids like, Be Good is great. It has great options, but it's still a lot of like, here, have a grilled cheese with a healthy option of the fries. And so, and they do like broccoli and whatever, but my kids prefer other stuff. So I got this like Chipotle chicken salad that has corn and other tomatoes. And my daughter ate all my corn and tomatoes. And I was like, that's fine. Eat the chicken, corn and tomatoes. You don't even need to eat your meal. Just I'll eat your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I can't escape them. Do you see this? <laughs> you guys, if you're not watching, which you can do on YouTube, by the way, if you're interested in seeing this, there are two little girls on Emily's lap now because they like had kid radar that she needed to do something in quiet. Yes, I'm sorry. So, so that's, that's okay because I think we're like getting ready to wrap up soon. But I, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about like eating at Thai restaurants. I have this real nerdy passion for helping people choose where to eat when they're in different places, like places that are authentic to the experience of where they are. And I like have a dream of someday teaching other people how to choose like really good restaurants because who hasn't been caught in like Italy eating? I mean, not everyone's been in Italy, right? Like I don't mean to imply that, but like wherever eating like the best pizza in Italy, like, because it's on the side of some tourist attraction and you're like hungry and you get stuck eating it. And I feel like 
if you don't know the right way to select places that are authentic and delicious and have some healthy options, that it's really easy to like get stuck in the trap of like, well, this is just easy. So we're just going to eat this. And you like miss out on this whole other side of things while you're traveling. So that is a huge testament to how important it is to plan ahead to be like, when we get hungry at two o'clock this afternoon, we're not going to eat out of the food truck outside. We're going to go, oh yeah, there's that place we heard from so-and-so is amazing. Three blocks. Yeah. It's like for more than just health reasons, right? Like health is one piece of it. I know that I can get some sort of green vegetable there, but it's also this piece of like, what experiences might you be missing out on if you just like select whatever's closest? So back to your point around like the places that you do eat, like I feel like Thai restaurants, while maybe not authentic to everywhere you go, are always a fantastic choice because you can just ask them to add extra vegetables to things. Like they might charge you a dollar, but you get a lot more food and a lot more vegetables. And I think that's like a really easy, healthy hack for people who are traveling or doing a home remodel or who just want to eat out with their family, but like stay on track health-wise. And then I would say the second piece is not being afraid to ask for some sort of fruit or vegetable for your kids when you are eating out places that have a kid's menu and just like supplementing things that aren't ideal with things that you can feel good about feeding your family. Like honestly, for a dollar, isn't it worth it to like have some cherry tomatoes that your kid can eat or, you know, order a salad that has them, what have you, but It really doesn't have to be all or nothing. I love the idea of getting an Airbnb, but because we've mostly traveled for fun with just one kid, that hasn't been something we've prioritized yet because honestly, I just want a break from cooking when we travel. But I can totally see how if we had three kids, it would be like a necessity to be somewhere that had kitchen access because it's just, I mean, it's really expensive to eat out with a family and it's, even more expensive the more people you go to feed, right? Oh my God. I, I mean, we used to be like, oh, we can slide in under 50 bucks at a really healthy place. And now we're like, oh, we better be ready to drop like 80 or $90. Easy. And when we get there and we're like, we finally got here and everyone's settled, we're like, we need a drink. <laughs> and then it's like That's 120. An yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it's so true that like the priciness is really difficult also. But I think there is something to be said about like doing some research. I have found that just going on Yelp in most places, some places like Yelp doesn't apply, but in most places that I have lived on the West Coast, admittedly, like going on Yelp and searching for things like vegan or gluten-free, often you won't find restaurants that are specifically tailored to those diets. And that's not what you want anyways, but you will find things with healthier options if they have catered to people who are looking for those diets. And so that's kind of like one of my hacks for finding things that are a little bit healthier without being like health food restaurants is just searching for those terms vegan or gluten-free, seeing what comes up. And then I take a hard look at the reviews and say like, oh, this has four stars from 600 people. It sounds like it's actually like legitimately good in, in addition to having some interesting, healthy and special diet choices. And then I almost always take a look at the menu online ahead of going also so that I can just have like that real world checkbox of like, okay, there is something here that will make my family happy because it tastes good, but also make my family happy because it will help them feel good too. Yeah. And I would love to end by challenging our audience to find or create and invent an app 
for, and you look on it and it's just, it knows where you are because Google already knows where you are anyway. And it knows your lifestyle. Like you can set up a profile and can be like, here are the three places you should be eating right now. I would take it even further. Like I want it to tell me where to eat, but I also want them to tell me like what to do with my kids. Like there's these kids activity places and you're a lady who likes to take her kids to do like active things. Like if they're going to cyber stalk me, which by the way, they are not to get like all up into the technological challenges of the world right here, but they are, they know everywhere you've been. Like they might as well use it for good and just like tell me exactly what I need to know. Then it would be worth something. Exactly. Like, tell me how to live my life since Facebook already does through ads. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I would end this. Okay, cool. So yeah. that's your challenge. Do you have like one takeaway that you think you could apply to your next travel with family that's going to help you be like a little bit healthier and a little bit less stressed about what your family eats? So for some reason, sometimes I'll put like, Again, we do platter meals at home and it's like all we do like a rainbow color or whatever a lot of times for lunch and everyone shares and of course they go for the naughty stuff first but whatever I don't care but for some reason if I go and throw like all the veggies they didn't eat into a plat like a ziploc bag and then we get in the car they just like munch the stuff out of the ziploc bag like it's an activity and they don't even know like they're eating vegetables they tell me they don't like I don't know what it is it's sort of like as long as they're excited about our destination and they have this funny little bag, they're so like hilarious about it. I'm like, oh, so that's something I love to do. That- Mama, <laughs> I love it. My Sorry. son actually eats more things in the car as well. So I love that idea of just like offering things he might not normally eat when we're traveling or like on the plane or in the car and seeing if like just the the newness of it is inspiring to him. My other takeaway just from like having this conversation, something I used to be really good about was like bringing hard boiled eggs or like bringing some sliced up veggies. And I've kind of moved away from that just because travel has been so abundant and so often. But I would say like for the same reason, it's all the more reason to make sure that we have healthy choices and we're not spending a million dollars at the airport buying them in lieu of just bringing them. And so that's something I'm going to commit to doing is like, yes, the bars and the squeeze packs and all the convenient things that are also healthy, but also finding ways to bring some like real fresh things with us that my Mm. kids can enjoy while we're traveling. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like fruits and veggies. I mean, like bags of carrots and apples are like my go-to. Go ahead and comment on Real Food Talk with Real Parents, which is our Facebook page for all things A Very Full Plate podcast. And we would love to hear your ideas because we can like we can bat around anything. That doesn't mean we know anything about it, but we can talk about it anyways. Yeah. And if you have ideas and you'd like to be on the show, same idea. Let us know. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's for you. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Emily. Right. It was so good chatting with you. And thank you guys all for listening. Thanks for listening to me and my children banter. Good to talk to you, Amy. <laughs> nice. Thank you for listening.